next guest specifically asked for it. So join me on Facebook Live if you can, <laughs> because it's time to welcome James Marsh from Marshy Movie Time Holiday Week. We've had to scoot things around a little bit, and how dare he? He wants Friday off. Oh, yeah. I am very well. It's funny that you uh, mentioned the Backstreet Boys there, because oh, obviously yeah. I hadn't requested the Backstreet Boys, Indeed. but they do feature quite randomly in one of the films we're going to be talking about today. That's um, Which is... I, I know, I know. The, you know, the symbiosis is working, whether we planned it or not. Yeah. Um, so the film in question is Rogue, which is a South African or sub-Saharan African Sub set, <laughs> sub, 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 sub-Saharan African set action movie starring Megan Fox. Oh yeah. And a CGI and a CGI lion. All right. Well, listen, do join us on Facebook Live if you can. I'm letting everybody have a sneak preview of the uh, poster for Rogue, which I stupidly called Rouge earlier on. Slightly different movie, considering she's done up in battle fatigues. Anyway, where do you want to go? <laughs> well, shall we start? Shall we start right there? All right. Then. Why not? Why not? Good idea. So, I mean, so Megan Fox, who we know from Transformers and from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Jennifer's Body and what have you, uh, plays a marine-turned-mercenary yeah. who leads... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop me when this sounds terrible. Uh, who leads a sort of crack squad of grizzled, beardy um, commandos on a mission to rescue a, the kidnapped daughter of a local governor yeah. from a very evil band of islamic terrorists yeah uh they grab her and Sounds they grab like another team america so far if only i mean <laughs> team america it probably it probably has more uh team america probably has more nuanced performances than this film uh suffice to say that sh they grab the this uh, schoolgirl hostage and another schoolgirl who happens to be there as well they do you know in a, in a moment a brief glimmer of perhaps a more interesting movie yeah they do take a moment to consider just leaving the other hostages there fair enough you know say that's not the mission and, and then we're like oh that might have been a darker more interesting movie but they're like no, no, no okay well, fine we'll take the others uh they but they miss their pickup so they have to hole up in an abandoned farmhouse overnight. Little do they know uh -huh. that that farmhouse is only re very recently deserted or abandoned because it used to be the centre of a sort of a lion farm rearing poaching operation which has gone awry after a particularly uh, put-upon, disgruntled lioness uh, turns on her captors and wreaks bloody vengeance so it's essentially megan fox and a bunch of commandos versus a rather nasty cgi tiger lion sorry fair play yeah uh, nasty meaning mm. what you know it's cgi or nasty because it's nasty well he's in a she's in a bad mood put it that way uh but she has been hard you know she's been treated very badly and so our our sympathies lie very much with her. You know, mm. she is the first character we're actually introduced to in the film, right. and we see how you know her and her, the rest of her pride are being uh, mercilessly butchered for their um, for their hides, for their you call it a hide or a coat or Mains, the, their what, skin, whatever that. Yeah, 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 for their body parts. Yeah, to be sent east, to be sent east of all places. Um, really? Yes. Yes. The, the Far East, apparently there's a market for that kind of thing. Uh, so, 
what it wants to be is kind of alien or aliens with a lion or sort of predator on the plains or mm. something like that. However, uh, it has, you know, not it doesn't have the budget, it doesn't have the writing prowess, the character, the character development, the flourish for witty banter, or you know, a competent effects team to create a realistic lion. Um, what is kind of vaguely interesting about it is it's it's directed by um, M. J. Barrett Bassett, who is a uh, a, a trans director yeah uh so she uh co-wrote this with her daughter isabel bassett who plays one of the schoolgirl hostages mm -hmm. and you can see that at one point what they wanted to do is make a film that was a a sort of rallying call against the poaching trade right uh that is obviously very prevalent in south africa and all the rest of it and so a, a film that would call awareness and throw a spotlight on this kind of thing however somewhere in the mix it got sort of diluted into a very no-frills action vehicle for, of all people, Megan Fox, who doesn't really uh, have... You know, she's not really the first person you would think of when you think, OK, action heroine. She's no Charlize Theron or Scarlett Johansson or anybody like that. She, um, you know, we've seen her in action movies, but she's not really known as much of a sort of action heroine herself. Um, she's actually... Far from the least bad thing about this. Okay. <laughs> uh, far from the least bad? Or far from the worst? No, far from the worst thing in it. Um, no, I love it when you hate she, a film and you're just finessing it for ten minutes. I love it when you do this. I am carry on, carry it. on. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think there will be a market for it. There is an audience for this kind of sort of silliness, low-budget action silliness. Um, I th it's a shame because with a bit of a bigger budget, if she had the same kind of budget that, let's say, Liam Neeson or Gerard Butler gets for his kind of nuts and bolts action movies. This could have actually been quite fun. You know, it knows um, what its, you know, cues are. It knows what the action movies, the best action movies in its genre are. Uh, and it does yeah. emulate them repeatedly. Uh, and just with, a, with some better performers and a better writer, uh, it might have actually been a good time. As it is, it's a bit of a slog. And what about the plot? What about the stencil of the plot? I mean, it, I was laughing when you sort of summed it up. It's like, yeah, here we go. And this, and she's in charge of a band of renegades and blah and blah. Well, like, yeah, I mean, the, what the problem is that you get you, there's such a lack of character development that characters sort of behave incredibly erratically and implausibly just because the script says, oh, well, in the next scene, that character needs to be on their own. Uh, in the bushes at night, so that they can they can be the next one to get mauled yeah. by the lion. And um, three, five, <laughs> five minutes ago, however, that character was arguably the most adept commando of the entire platoon, and it's like, why would he suddenly wander off into the bushes to have a cigarette or whatever yes. in the middle of the night? Yeah. And, and, does, and there's a, do there's do a lot of that. Go off loudly. <laughs> well, no, there isn't any of that. But you do have. What's interesting is. The or, or ridiculous, should I say, is the arc that the teenage schoolgirl hostages take. For the first half of the film, they barely say a word, even as these commandos swoop in, you know, swoop them up at gunpoint and run off with them and make them jump off cliffs, 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 and things like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, they don't really have anything to say. And only about halfway through the film do they suddenly go, who are you people and why? where are you taking me? And then by the end, at least one of them has kind of turned into a sort of psychotic murderer uh, who is more than willing to sort of fight for her life when half an hour ago she was just a dribbling, sniveling mess. So there's, there, there, are, there, there is a lot of uh, disjointedness to it. Uh, and But, I mean, Megan Fox, bless her, she sort of acquits herself quite admirably considering the material so bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, she she knows how to deliver a line. She knows how to find her light and all the rest of it. And she, you know, she comes across quite competently if only she had better material to work with. Um, she may find a new lease of life as this kind of action heroine, although this film doesn't really give her much sort of kicking and punching to do. It's very much a kind of squat behind this and shoot at things. Mm. Um, so, I mean, fans of Megan Fox, for the reasons people tend to be fans of Megan Fox, will probably be rather unsatisfied because she, uh, well, she remains fully dressed in combat attire throughout yeah. and is often sort of hidden behind a, a dust cloud and a, and a flat cap. But... That said, uh, you know there, there will still, I think, be an audience of people with a very low, a low bar for the kind of thing that entertains them. It's it's not good. It's really not good. Um, I knew it was going to be same a slow time, yeah. week by the titles you sent me this morning. I just had a feeling. Yeah, and you wait. You ain't yeah. seen nothing yet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have we have more to come. Uh, I mean, just to tease what we do have to come. Uh, there's another film out this week called Go Back to China. Yep. Uh, we also have on Netflix uh, the Korean drama The Schoolgirl Files, which I want to talk about. Yeah. And uh, on it's, it premiered on Showtime over the weekend is the two-part miniseries The Comey Rule, Ooh, tell starring us a uh, Jeff about Daniels. That. Well, shall I? I'm going to save that till after the news. Tease I think. It, baby. Uh, well, it stars Jeff Daniels as James Comey. Mm. It's based on his novel. That should be his book. The Comey uh, was it a higher loyalty? I believe his 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 book was called. Yep. And stars Brendan Gleeson as Donald Trump. He's good. He is. He is. So uh, yeah, it's a star-studded affair, uh, directed by Billy Ray, who has creds. And uh, yeah, it's it's a fa it's a fascinating look at at some of these. Uh, personalities of uh, of politics. All right, well, you go and get yourself a coffee because we've got a couple of minutes of news. I'll put you on green screen. There you go. Oh, please, you had to do that when the camera was off, didn't you? We'll be back in a little while. THK Radio 3 Let's turn the microphone on before speaking because I look like a very silly boy doing that. Anyway, join us on Facebook Live if you're a fan of movie time because uh, James is with me right now. Obviously, Friday is a holiday. Uh, all yours. Carry on. Take it where you will. Okay, let's talk about The Comey Rule, which is a two-part Showtime miniseries that's played on two consecutive nights over this past weekend. Yep. Uh, very, very timely. I mean, I believe the presidential debates are... Are they going on right now? I think so. It's a right punch-up, too, metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't paid attention, but I'll, I'll get Colbert's uh, <laughs> uh, synopsis of it later. Uh, so this is is um, 
it was originally sort of pushed back and then brought forward again. And I think Jeff Daniels, in particular, fought very hard to ensure that it did play before the election. Uh, and you'll see why. James, Jeff Daniels plays James Comey, you know, director of the FBI, and this is uh, adapted by Billy Ray from his book, uh, A Higher Loyalty. And it, the two parts are two sort of very different stories, if you like. The first half, they're both sort of feature length, you know, 90 minutes to two hours. Uh, the first one is about Comey in, it's basically 2016, you know, about his appointment yep. by Obama to become the new director of the FBI. Uh, there's a very nice sort of little sit-down interview that the two have, and uh, Comey starts out by sort of saying, I just want to put it on the table, that I voted for McCain and for Romney. And Obama's like, that's, that's okay, that's fine. I, you know, I see the import, I, I think it's more important that we have, we can have a dialogue rather than necessarily that we're friendly. And if I give you this job, I hope you understand that we will not be able to work closely together because it's so important to maintain that division between uh, politics and, and the law, if you like, between the FBI and whatever. And, and yeah. Comey says, sort of, I really look forward to not having a close relationship with you over the next few years, you know, as a playful way of accepting the job. Obviously, that's all turned on its head later on when Trump is elected and he sits very famously sits Comey down and says, I demand loyalty from you, which sort of was sort of the beginning of the end for Comey. But um, part one is all focused on Hillary Clinton's emails, you know, it's all, you know, all of that and, and how the investigation turned up nothing. But then after Anthony Weiner's laptop uh, was, was taken in, you know, because of yet another sex scandal from him, um, they found all these new emails and with just like 12 days to go until the election, do they announce the fact that they've got all these, they're reopening the investigation. And a lot of people pointed to that as that's what lost Hillary Clinton the election. Mm. So what's, what's fascinating is that this is very much a portrait of Comey. And he is a man who is governed by, you know, the law, upholding the law above all else. You know, he prides himself on not vote. He doesn't vote in the election. He's just like, no, you know, I cannot. It wouldn't be right for the director of the FBI to vote. Um, he, you know, he, he is sort of tortured he's he's shown as a as a man who's tortured he says to his team like we we have a a responsibility here to investigate but if we announce that we're going to investigate then it will it cannot be not interpreted as being a sort of a partisan act mm. uh you know however we announce it and that we're we're caught between making a very bad decision and a catastrophic decision and i think that that's sort of actually dealt with really nicely you know Comey is not portrayed as an overly sympathetic character. It tries to understand him. It tries to, you know, create empathy, help us understand the position that he was in and his line of thinking, that it was all about just being the best, uh, law, you know, law enforcer that he could, uh, regardless of all other consequences. I mean, because, you know, as many people know, Hillary Clinton was not a popular candidate by any means and the the film highlights a lot of that as well but on the mm. other hand uh says how could you know he is repeatedly uh challenged and said how could you do that because look at what the alternative is and comey is a man you know he's he has a loving wife and he has four daughters and so there's a lot of personal pressure at home mm. by people saying 
you know, think how important this is for your for your family, for your daughters. This is an opportunity to put a woman in the White House for the first time. At, you know, at, the alternative is that man who has been saying all kinds of absolutely outrageous things and, and doing absolutely outrageous things. And he's like, yeah, but that's not the point. I can't, I can't be swayed by any of that. And obviously that's, you know, incredibly difficult for him and for everybody else around him. But that is where the, uh, the spark of the drama lies here. Mm. And I thought it was very sort of evenly, it's very evenly handed. You know, it, it, I've, I, in full transparency, I haven't finished the second part yet. And the first part does a great job of sort of keeping Donald Trump hidden. The first part is definitely about Obama is in is in the White House. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton is running and it's all about focusing on that and about the infrastructure and the inner workings of the FBI and uh, and him doing his best to sort of mold his team in the best way possible. So Trump is only ever seen sort of in the shadows. And then it's only in the second episode. It's only after he wins the election that we get Brendan Gleeson wheeled Let's, out as I'm Trump. glad you mentioned that. Let's talk a little bit about the actors here. It's very rare, if you think about it, that we see Barack Obama portrayed on television or, or movies particularly. So, Kingsley Ben-Adir, great actor. Tell us about him in this. Yeah, I mean, I had seen him very recently because he was in the new sort of TV version of High Fidelity, which I was talking yeah, up yeah, yeah. quite enthusiastically a few weeks ago. He's like the the ex-lover of the main character played by Zoe Kravitz, uh, who all who keeps kind of, um, you know, re-entering her life and upturning everything. Now, in that, and I don't know if he's, I think he is British, actually, because in High Fidelity, he plays a Brit. Uh, obviously now he's playing Barack Obama and it is one of the best portrayals I mean I don't he's think a London boy through and through good right right and I, I don't think I've seen a straight performance of somebody doing Obama other than the film um, what was the film about Michelle o, Michelle and Barack's first date so they're remember. much younger yeah, yeah, characters yeah. I can't remember what that was called it was actually quite good it was actually better than I I thought it was going to be um other than that, I've only seen sort of uh, spoof interpretations of him. But um, but yeah, Benadir here does. Um, he it's it's a pretty spot on performance. It's not uh, a send up. It's not like an imitation. But uh, he nails it. I thought he was mm. actually really really good. Um, Jeff Daniels, obviously, you know, as very much the lead as James Comey. James Comey, you know, we I think the public in general don't have a particularly good handle on what he's like as a person mm. we know that he's very tall <laughs> and that and that some of the decisions he made were quite um destructive and influential in in quite serious ways and then he was fired uh, that's i think that's all a lot of people Pretty know much. about him um so jeff daniels has i think a lot of wiggle room here that some of the other actors don't have you know particularly i mean brendan gleason uh you know I, like I said, I've only seen a bit of the second episode, so I've only seen him do like one or two scenes so far. I'm going to try and finish the rest off today, but it's it's really it's a really uncanny performance. Again, it's not. It's crazy. It's not. He always plays IRA it's, people and stuff that usually doesn't he? <laughs> you know, he, yeah. Heavy, heavy I mean, Irish. he's a very sort of. <laughs> yeah, he he rarely goes sort of steps outside of being Irish and uh, is always pretty sort of grounded and no nonsense. So I think it must have been an absolute joy, really, to play. You yeah. always hear about actors talking about how much fun it is to play the bad guy yeah. and to play someone who's 
who is the current sitting president. The only other time I can think of that happening was, I mean, Josh Brolin played George W. Bush. That was great too. In Oliver, in Oliver Stone's film W, while he was still in, Indeed. in power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's interesting because we've seen him in some super-duper films. I mean, in Bruges, fantastic. Uh, Calvary, yes. that was very hard-hitting. Calvary's amazing, And, and of yeah. course, you would have seen him on the battlefield in Braveheart. Yes, and he's in Harry Potter uh, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the, the eye. He's got Indeed. like a fake oh, eye. Oh, yeah, he's around. brilliant. Anyway, let's say hello to Steve who joins us on the Facebook. Moody, I think. He yeah. says, Comey sounds like a good show, but I wonder if people are, quote, weary of more of this type of film and are looking for something more escapist. What do you mean this type of film, Steve? Serious? Do you mean American presidents and politics or what? Yeah, perhaps he means sort of contemporary politics because I think there's a couple of these things sort of surfacing right about now. Um, and arguably, it's such a circus in and of itself. I'm sure what's going down as we speak is going to be replayed and satirised over and over and over again. I Remember the West Wing, James? I mean, people, they must have infuriated yes. the officials because everybody's saying that's so much better, that's so much more effective, this government is brilliant, and so these people are so much you know, slicker, more, more, more intelligent and, uh, than the real life, apart from, I'm pretty sure, the Barack Obama character, who everybody loved for his intellect. Well, that, I mean, isn't that, always the, isn't that always the way? You know, fiction... In fiction, you can have things play out the way you want them to. Yeah. You can, People you can... really wanted Martin Sheen, didn't they, to actually be the president? <laughs> I think he would have won if he had actually ran. I think people yeah, listen, Nigel says the Comey role, it looks like a good one for the long weekend. Actually, that's interesting, yeah. because you said you haven't seen part two yet, you're just about to. How do you tend to do these things? Are you going to watch it, let your brain dry out a bit, and then come back later, or do you recommend binging it? I think binging it because it pretty much is, uh, it does follow on immediately. I mean, it's quite a, a definite split between the two, and I think they've done a good job. It's literally yeah. the run-up to the election and then the aftermath of it. Um, but uh, the, the, you have to look at how it was originally delivered, and it was on two consecutive nights. I think it was Friday ah, and Saturday night or Saturday and Sunday good. night of just this, just this past weekend. So it's meant to be told like a play almost, you know, in, in two, two halves of a single whole, it's being Got it. uh, presented as episodes one and two of the Comey rule, uh, just with, an, with a 24-hour interval in between, which is it, it, how so, I'm going to end up doing it. So Steve goes on, he reckons, people feel overwhelmed with the depressing state of politics to go to our film for more. Um, I have my doubts. Yeah. Yes, I will re-watch The West Wing. And yes, Minister. That had to come up, didn't it? I mean, that is... <laughs> oh, boy, if you've not seen Yes, Minister, it's just 70s brilliance. Different? Completely, of course. Yeah. Or the new statesman, the one Rick Mail did, oh, that which was is Alan more, far more outrageous. <laughs> yes, so good. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, do check it. Out. I, I totally understand that. Um, you know, watching the news is is more than enough for a lot of people. Yeah. But I think there is something to be said for, uh, you know, even even this short amount of distance from it and an opportunity to reflect, gather all sides of the story, yeah. and then present it as this is what happened and this is why it happened and this is why people these people behaved the way they did and i think it's fascinating i mean comey obviously sort of cooperated with this production but he, <laughs> Trump he obviously didn't <laughs> obviously didn't but he doesn't but comey doesn't come across uh, as like some sort of misunderstood hero or anything like that it's, it's kind of a fascinating character piece i do want to move on uh, there's one or two things i want to talk about come very on. quickly yeah, I, know absolutely. We're running yeah, I just remembered you I got some more 
Okay, so Go Back to China is a new film from Emily Ting. Uh, this is the story of a sort of spoilt rich kid, trust fund kid yeah, yeah. Uh, called <clears throat> called Sasha, who lives in LA. Uh, and her father, played by our own Richard Ung, yeah, uh, who, lives over, who lives over here, he's fed up with her blowing through all her money. He wants her to come back and work at the family business, which is a toy factory in Shenzhen. Uh, so... She completely ignores no him, so he cuts her off. Yeah, He fa- financially cuts her off completely, so she's like, okay, fine, I have to come over. So it's all about her coming over, you know, essentially knuckling down and, and working for a living. She had dreams of being a fashion designer but had no experience and would quite happily just go clubbing and shopping instead. So it's very much sort of a rite of passage for her, exploring her roots, getting to know her quite outrageous father, actually, who has a, a, a history because she is the daughter of his second wife, yeah, uh, whom he cheated on with what turned out to be his third wife and he walked out on his first wife to be with that so he has this like long history of many many wives many many children with them so she has to work with her half sister the older half sister played by lynn chan that she didn't even know about until fairly recently so okay uh emily ting is apparently it's it's a lot of it is autobiographical. Okay. You know, it's all sort of written from the time that she did spend coming back, uh, working for her family business. She said she wasn't quite such a brat uh, as Sasha is here. Um, and it does make a lot of sort of observations about what it's like in China today. You know, how there is this sort of exploding economy, but how it's propped up by this huge underclass that is still sort of got one foot in the past it's still very traditional filial piety, piety is still very important mm. but also touches on everything from Weibo and uh, the firewall to the one child policy and what have you um, however what it does is it is observing these things is not necessarily enough it doesn't really then get sort of dig into it and make any kind of commentary or analysis or insight about what that means or how people sort of really deal with it and digest it it's still seen very much from an outsider's point of view i think it's it's a very well-meaning piece of work and i think uh, uh anna akana who is uh, a sort of a youtube star really she had mm-hmm. one scene in ant-man that i had seen her in before um it's it's kind of a star making turn for her it'd be interesting to th- see if she's able to springboard off this into bigger stuff because she's actually quite likable even though her character is not very sympathetic for a lot of the film yeah um i feel that it might have played better as more of a sort of straight up fish out of water comedy uh it, it, you can clearly tell from arcana's performance that she's and from her looking at her stuff on youtube she's a comedian and you know she wants to go for the funny the script seems to want to try and tell something a bit more worthy and that that do, it doesn't always hit that mark i mean this is a definite improvement on her previous film or it's already tomorrow in hong kong it's a definite step up technically and in terms of the storytelling and what have you i still feel there's a plenty of room for improvement as i said it's one thing just to point stuff out it's another thing to actually sort of fold that into uh, a story that it, that people can actually sort of enjoy, uh, but Anna Arcana in the lead is uh, is one to watch. I think super right. I'm glad you like that one. Oh, and Richard, tell us about Richard as the dad. About what? Um, father Richard Ng, who's a brilliant comedy man. But uh, what's he like in this role? It's it's a difficult performance because he has to do half of it in English, half of it in Cantonese. There's a bit of Mandarin as well, and his character is far from likable as well. That's At what the I'm beginning saying. of the I mean, film, you're, yeah, yeah. 
at the beginning of the film, you're quite sympathetic towards him because his daughter is such a brat and he's just blowing all his money. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the more we learn and the more she learns about him, the less sympathetic we are. And to her credit, she actually calls him out on it. All right, fair play. So, yep, let's move on. Join us on Facebook Live. Okay. We've got about five more minutes. Brilliant. Okay, last one I want to hey, You thought I was going to stop, is... didn't you? I, I, was, I was worried that you might. You haven't finished. <laughs> You're not spent Good. yet. Because I haven't finished. Okay, because the, uh, the School Nurse Files is a new Korean series on Netflix right mm -hmm. now. Korean drama series are all the rave these days. Um, this one is smaller. It's uh, six sort of 50-minute episodes. And it is a sci-fi fantasy comedy starring um, Jung Yu Mi as a new school nurse at a high school. And she can see these things called jellies, Ooh. which are these sort of little creatures that we all secrete uh, or rather our, our emotions and desires kind of secrete. And normally they just disappear and it's all quite harmless, but sometimes they linger. And when they linger, they can become malevolent and they can kind of impact something, some things. And she alone can see these. And so she takes it upon herself to, to draw from every different kind of mysticism and religion and whatever to empower her in order to fight this stuff. It's a really kind of bonkers, strange yeah. sort of sort of day glow cg heavy kind of crazy story but it's actually handled really well not least because it's it's really grounded with well uh, within well-drawn characters and i always stress this as much but you know stories are only as good as the characters in them you know and so you look at the other films that we've got today and the best ones are the ones with good characters so she's there and uh, Nam Joo Hyuk plays a young uh, teacher who becomes kind of her assistant in all of this even though he can't see what's going on uh, the students at the school are a bunch of real oddballs actually with all kinds of yep. adolescent problems that occasionally seep into the supernatural and the magical and the weird um, and the overall just tone of it is really kind of goofy and quirky and playful the music used is is very uh, unusual and oftentimes juxtaposed with what's going on on screen, but in really kind of fun ways. Uh, we also should point out, it's, it's, so it's really good, it's really interesting, it's right. really fun, it's really different, really energetic. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. And we should point out that we do, this show, we do have a relationship with this series, actually. Because you'll know friend of the show, Pierce Conran, over oh, yeah. in uh, Korea. It's directed by his wife. It's uh, her new project. Get and I'm not just saying this... <laughs> I would love to. I, she might need an interpreter. I did an interview with her for the paper last week, and um, we used an interpreter, and that was great. Get him um, on. What, to talk on his wife's behalf? Yeah, I'm sure. No, he... she, she, her, her work should speak for, its, for itself. Yes. Suffice to say that um, it, it's great. I'm not just saying that because we know her, but uh, it really is good. Very proud to be able to support to support it and uh it's on netflix now it's called the school nurse files and if you want something fun to check out over the uh back over the bank holiday weekend see then uh this is really interesting that. because he's your good friend she's his wife he is. if it was a dog yes. you would not be mentioning it today would you 
Let's be frank. I would be even more impressed. You if wouldn't a dog say had a sausage. Made this. No, I mean if it was a horrible. Oh, if film, the you... show was bad. Yeah. You mean if the show was yeah, bad? That's exactly what I mean. I thought you meant if a dog had made it. I, I don't know what <laughs> well, you're talking about. It's time to stop. It's time to stop. Have you finished? Um, no, you're right. You're right. You know, if I've got nothing nice to say about it, I shouldn't say anything at all. Absolutely. Well no, done, James. It. Talk to you next week at our normal advertised gazetted time of twelve and a bit. Take care. Have a lovely holiday. And a very happy. Uh,